Hey everybody, I'm Connor, that's Doug, and welcome to the Bethel School District Presents podcast. Today we've got a big show for you, exciting stuff because we are talking language. And as a couple of wordsmiths, that is right up our alley. And normally we start out the show with a little levity, a little cromulent conversation. Sometimes it's mid, sometimes it's bussin', but we're gonna save that part for the end because Doug conducted what he says is the most interesting interview that's ever been put on tape. NGL, that interview was goaded. That's two new Webster words for me, three from you, and we're gonna talk new Webster words at the end of the show. But I am serious, this was one of the most interesting experiences of my lifetime. After a school board meeting this summer, I reached out to one of our ASL teachers, Rainy Knight, over at Bethel High School, about interviewing her about our ASL program and our new curriculum that they just added. Rainy was very thoughtful in her response and didn't wanna speak for the deaf community she wanted to have a member of the deaf community to be part of the show too so she called upon one of our parents a community member here in Bethel who is deaf and she was part of the interview too her name is Amy Kimmel and she joined us along with a translator that we brought in and I learned a lot even during the setup for this interview one we had a male translator and Amy is female thankfully Amy didn't mind she's actually known the translator for 10 years they're good friends so that was really cool and then Amy wanted the deaf community to be able to access our podcast for this episode where she's talking about that. So we recorded video of our conversation as well. You can find that on our YouTube channel, a first for me, podcasting via video. Wait, 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 wait. a first for you? Well, then what are we doing with all these cameras in the studio? Those are for my private archives. I did not consent to that. Nevertheless, our conversation lasted for about an hour and then we chatted for another hour afterwards. I learned so many interesting things about deaf culture and sign language. Connor, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, we had the options of learning Spanish or French as our required foreign language. Was that the same for you? Oui. Très bien. While Spanish and French are two very widely spoken languages, it would have been nice to have some other options to consider. And thankfully, opportunities are what we're all about here in Bethel. Not only do we offer Spanish and French, we also have German, Japanese, and American Sign Language. That's where Rainy Night comes in. And we kicked off our conversation talking about our new ASL curriculum. It actually started with all of us teachers in Bethel District piloting the program, which means that we took a little bit of the program and implemented it into one, maybe two of our classes each, just so that we could get a feel for it as teachers, decide what we liked about it, what we didn't, and then also the students got to see it and we got to see their feedback and response. We unanimously loved it, specifically the equity part of it. Um, we loved being able to see the diversity, not only in race, but in experience, in deafness, in age. That was incredible. We finished piloting it and then adopted it this year. And then so far this year, it has been a roller coaster of emotions. Adopting something new means that there's a lot of like technical difficulties happening and so it kind of sets us off a little sometimes but seeing how the kids are responding to the videos and knowing that it's integrated into canvas already for us as teachers has been amazing so far that's fantastic and thanks for your honesty about it being a roller coaster and for your gestures we actually are videotaping this segment of the show because you have a special guest with us would you like to introduce her yes this is my friend Amy Kimmel, and we're very excited to have her. She is actually one of Bethel's parents and has lived in the area and taught in the area and signed in the area for a while now. And so we wanted to bring her in to show her off, basically. <laughs> I do have some questions for you as well, Amy. Let's just start with for both of you, and I'm going to just go right across here. So, Rainy, when did you first learn American Sign Language and why? 
So I first learned it when I was about seven. It was actually because my grandmother was a nurse and was caregiving for a young boy who was mute. So it actually wasn't related to deafness when I first was introduced to ASL. But I kept going and then later I got introduced to our local deaf community and just like started picking it up really fast. Became friends with a lot in our deaf community around my age and a lot of grandmothers. (laughs) And then kept going in high school, kept going in college, wanted to become an interpreter, got nervous and stopped. And here we are teaching. I'm glad you mentioned interpreters. There's one actually right behind me, and he's here to interpret for you, Amy. So we're going to be able to hear what you are signing, and we'll be hearing the voice of our interpreter here. So, Amy, when did you first learn American Sign Language? I first learned ASL, I think I was about two and a half, two and a half, three. That was in California. That was actually not here. I was born and raised in L.A., California. My mom had taken me to a clinic and they did some testing and they found out that I was deaf. And then there was a school nearby that had a DHH program, which is deaf and hard of hearing program, and graduated through that program. And that's where I started to learn ASL. And it took from there all the way to the end. And here we are today. So you learned ASL in California and we're in Washington now. One thing that I had emailed you about, Rainey, as we were getting ready to do this, and you actually talked about it at the school board meeting, was the idea of regional dialects in sign language. And that's something I don't think a lot of people that can hear think about. I know I I didn't. And you also talked about slang. So when I asked this question to you and said, I'd like to talk about that, that's when you tagged in Amy. Would you like to kind of set us up here a little bit and we'll talk first about regional dialects and then let's venture into slang a little bit. Sounds good. One thing that is just like debunking the myth right now is ASL is not universal. And that's something that I still have students think all the time. It is not universal. So just like we have English and Spanish and German and Italian, we have sign languages for all of that. Um, And by we, I mean the deaf community and populations as a whole. But specifically, we do have like national dialects, the same way that you would say like you have a southern drawl or you have that New York speed or you know just those different little accents we have that in sign language and we see it a lot in sign language so maybe the way your hands don't fully form a word or maybe the way that your hands drop off or the speed in which you sign or how big you sign so different things like that show kind of that dialect and that little bit of regional differences Um, and then one thing specifically which I had mentioned at that school board meeting was the difference between East Coast and West Coast signing because Trueway does actually, which is our new curriculum, does actually do a lot more East Coast signing because that's where it was developed, but it has enough variations that we here on the West Coast can adapt them as teachers and then our students kind of get to see that there, hey, there are two different dialects for each vocabulary. So it kind of opens their mind up to that idea that ASL is not just a one size fits all. Amy, is there anything that Rainy left off here that you'd like to add? And then do you have, could you show us some examples of some of that regional dialect, some of the differences? Yes, I can. One that I've got in my head is the word strawberry. For many years, I used this sign for strawberry. I moved here to Washington State, and it's very different. Here, they sign red and the same sign for fox, which together means strawberry. Being that I have a deaf son having to introduce some of those different dialects and having to introduce what strawberry was here so he could be able to use that sign culturally in the area, but also to be able to teach some of the other deaf in the area what I as a mom signed growing up for the sign of strawberry. I know a lot of listeners are going to find that very interesting. The regional dialects is something that people who can hear don't necessarily think about when it comes to ASL. I know I didn't. Now, 
when I was learning Spanish, the first thing we wanted to learn was the bad words from our teacher. Of course, it was in middle school. We're not going to give you any bad words in ASL today, but we are going to talk about some slang. Now, Amy, I'm not sure how hip you are with the kids on the street these days, but I know you do have some kids. <laughs> And we would. <laughs> I work at an elementary school. I've got a little bit of hipness left in me. And I'm a mother of four kids and a grandma. I still got it. I love it. You're perfect for this. So if you could show us just a little bit of slang that the kids are using, that you use, anything really that you think would be interesting for people to, to know. So what a common sign is actually here is this sign champ or a sign train gone. This sign, which is translated as pie pie, but the difference between these signs is that they don't have a direct English translation for those signs. There's an understanding of what those signs mean. So signing like the word champ, sometimes that's meaning that you're an expert at something, that it's the best you've ever seen, like there's nothing that compares to it. Sometimes it's those words that relate to a feeling, and there's not really an English explanation for those words. And sometimes it's the way that that sign looks that there's not an explanation, that it's that emphasis of the language visually to understand the meaning behind it. I love slang words in any language. A lot of people might not know that ASL is a newer language with roots in the early 1800s. Change is obviously a part of any language, even English. New words are added to dictionaries every year. Is this similar for ASL? I've read that the sign for computers changed recently. Can you talk us through what's new in American Sign Language right now and how fast does it change? Yeah, so um, it's interesting that you bring up computers because that changed a little while ago. You're older than me. <laughs> but <laughs> when computers changed, <laughs> computers changed, right? Computer, computer, computer. Right, there's different signs for computer. So computers changed, but really some of the words that I think of that have changed even more recently that like, from when I started learning to now are different, are social medias. And that's because of how fast they change. So for example, TikTok. I didn't know what the sign for TikTok was. And so I had to video call one of my high school friends to ask, what's the, what's the sign for TikTok? And then I showed it to my students. And so that was the same for Snapchat, for Instagram back when it first was a thing. For Facebook, people still have different signs for Facebook. So there's different things that are catching up with like social media and like text lingo and technology. I think that technology is its own beast of a language, just like it is in English, how there's like all of these tech specific words that's very similar in sign language. There's very similar tech specific acronyms and it does change. It does change and evolve similar to English, yeah. Before we kick it over to Amy and ask about some non-social media words, what are, you said there are multiple signs for Facebook. Can you, can you show us a few of those? Sure. So some of my older friends that are deaf that are more English-based will sign Facebook, like literally your face and I book. But then a lot of people who are more hip sign Facebook, which is just FB for Facebook. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. They also have Facebook where you're like signing a book on the <laughs> side of your face. It's a face and a book with an F. It's Facebook. Is that hip? Yes. No. Because yes. you use it? <laughs> My in-laws, they use it. The, the group that graduated with them, they all use it. Amy, I just wanted to follow up on something you mentioned earlier. You mentioned the use of uh, facial expressions as part of the signing. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, yes. Facial expressions are very important. You can't say with a frowny face that I'm happy. You can't do that. It doesn't work. And you can't smile and say, I'm mad. 
because those two contradict each other. So it's not just the visual sign of the hands, but it's also the face that gives that emotion and or that feeling, whether it be that someone's happy or that they need to fix something, but it's that interaction that includes the body language, that includes the face, that includes your eyebrows, the way you move up and down, the way your cheeks are, the way your mouth movements are. There are a lot of different things that are involved in the language itself. Like for example, if you go out into a community and you notice that there's a deaf person, you'll see that they are analyzing A to Z, head to toe, what that person is doing. When it comes to ASL, 80% of the language is actually nonverbal. It's in your facial expressions, it's in the body language, it's in the way you're moving. The word itself is only about 20% of the signs that you're using, but the facial expressions that go along with it are what identify where you're talking. And it's not one of those things that it's like, oh, it's just such an easy language to learn. To become fluent in the language, you need to actually understand all of the language. Wow. Okay, that's something I didn't know. I assumed it was memorizing a lot of different hand gestures and things and some... One important thing is the receptive skills. So being able to actually see, yes, you can learn the book, you can learn the signs, but are you able to read the sign visually and understand a deaf person? And sometimes it can cause a lot of issues and sometimes it can cause issues with the interpreters. Was that directed at you? Ish, ish. He knows. He's in the deaf community, so he knows. He's fine. But at the same time, there are some interpreters out there that need more training, that need more experience in their receptive skills to be able to actually interact with more deaf that are in the community. Like between her and I, we can sign and we can sign to each other. But at the same time, out in the community, there are different levels of sign. Like when I'm at school and I'm working, I'm working with elementary kids. And so they're just learning and developing the language. So the level that I use to sign with them is completely different than a level that I'd use to sign with an interpreter or than a level I'd use to sign here, especially in the medical field. The medical field is one that it changes completely because there's a lot of frustration with that. There's a lot of frustration in the community of those who are interpreters that don't understand the clients that they're working with. And you would think given the legal implications of medicine, that would be something they would be trained even more for because I'm sure that would create a lot of issues. Yes, and one of the big barriers in the medical field actually is getting the interpreter. There are a lot of times that you have to have someone who knows at least a little bit in the deaf community who is willing to combat for a deaf person, who is willing to fight for their need for an interpreter in the medical situation. That brings us to a really good question. Your students here, Rainey, what are the benefits of learning ASL? We just heard one of them. Let's talk about that. And then to the larger extent, what's the benefit of being bilingual? Piggybacking off of something that Amy just said, and then I promise it will connect. I tell my students all the time that I've been signing since I was young, and I still get in a group of deaf people, and I'm like, what is happening? Because it is just like the next level of language. And I think it's amazing. We're always still learning. And so I tell my students it's very important that when you're going out there, especially as baby signers, as brand new little baby signers, that you are humble and respectful of the deaf community. So when they give you a new sign or they tell you, hey, that's not okay, you just accept. You accept because you are wanting to be a part of their world. And so you need to accept it to be in there. So going along with that, one of the benefits of my kids learning sign language is that they can go out in the world and then become a part of the deaf world and be 
connecting pieces so that deaf people feel like, hey, that person that works at Starbucks knows how to sign. That person in the drive-thru at McDonald's knows how to sign. And they feel seen and they feel a part of a bigger community of people. And I think that's really important. Really in high school, my goal as a teacher is to make sure that these kids come out being good humans. That's what I tell them. And so if I can send one out and they are a kind human and they are willing to help with accessibility when possible and they are willing to advocate for people and empathize with people and understand that everyone is different, but everyone has the same right to communication and to friendship and to relationships and human interaction, then I've done my job. Wow, and that's a big job, and thank you for doing it. I actually want to relate something to what she just said. So I don't think you actually know this yet, but last July I went to a gas station. I also went to Starbucks. So I got to the Starbucks and I went through the drive-thru and I had my text ready and the woman asked if I was deaf and I said, yeah. And she said, go ahead and sign your order. And so I looked at the camera and I went ahead and signed my order. And they asked how your day was and we had this good interaction. It was only like two minutes long. I got my coffee and I was like, whoa, whoa, that, wow, that's new. And so being that I was there at Starbucks, it was really impressive to see that they had a person who actually had the receptive skills for that. But also when I was at the gas station, the worker there noticed that I was signing on FaceTime. And he looked at me and he signed, what number are you on? And so I went, I get, went ahead and paid for it. And I was like, I have been here for a few years and this is the first time that people are actually signing to me. I've had two places that I've gone in the last 10 minutes that both people are signing to me. And the inclusion was huge. And we are still slowly as a culture and as a community getting there. We're still building the bridges and connecting the gaps that are there in communication and interaction. My son is deaf. My fourth son is deaf. And I, I have hope that he's growing into this world and this world is going to be more encouraging and more accepting and more inclusive of him as he gets older. Wow, thank you for sharing that. That's. That's amazing. I thought the gas station story was going to go a totally different way because I've heard <laughs> some horrific gas station stories around here. <laughs> it ties in. And, you know, she's helping to build those bridges. She's actually helping to, to bridge those gaps, to be that community advocate. And sometimes it's just that simple interaction back and forth, whether it's, you know, like my experience at Starbucks and the gas station. It happens all the time, but it was amazing to see those interactions becoming life. Amy, what is something that you wish everyone knew about ASL that would help us keep moving forward? It's not that hard. Let me say it that way. It does take a little bit of time every day. It doesn't take a 24-hour period. It doesn't take up all of your day doing it, but it does take time to develop those skills. And anyone can sign. Anyone can. And those who are here, they can sign. It just takes the time. Same question for you, Rainey. Uh, what's the one thing you wish everyone knew about ASL? Similar to Amy, it's not hard to learn, but it's not just English. <laughs> I think that's very important. I get a lot of students who come in here because they're lazy and they want an easy A and they say, oh, it's English with my hands. And I go, get out <laughs> because it's not. It is not just English. It is beautiful and rich with culture and all of the things that we just barely touched the surface of today that like I want people to know that there's a lot to learn there. What's interesting about deaf culture is deaf people are always the last to leave. Like that was literally me and Amy actually <laughs> met at a football game 
and everyone left and we were still in the gate. We were the last two to leave the gate. We still were in the parking lot. Everyone left. We were the last two to leave the parking lot. And we were laughing because it's just a part of deaf culture is like, you're always last to leave because deaf culture includes storytelling and it includes just like going on and on and on. <laughs> and so I love that this was such a cool opportunity to get ASL exposure and deaf culture exposure, but definitely there is a lot more to go into in the future. And so I hope that our students want to continue to learn and that if they ever meet someone in the deaf community, that they just go up to them and say, hey, I'm learning ASL, let's chat. And they just want to learn. They want to learn about them as people and they want to learn about their culture and language. I would like to add something as well. If you're wanting to learn sign and you don't know where to start, start with one sign. Do it every day. You can. Instagram. <laughs> you do a sign a day. Instagram. A sign a day. Nope, nope. There's already deaf social media influencers that are out there that are doing this. So please make sure that whoever the person is that you're following is a deaf person and not just a hearing person learning sign. There are several that are on both sides. Get the information from somebody who is deaf. I back that as a hearing teacher. I teach ASL, but I did clarify and verify with my deaf grandmas and grandpas before I started this gig, and I do check in with them regularly because it is very important that you're learning from a native person, a native speaker, and giving them that space and that platform. So. I'm here as a deaf advocate and a deaf friend, which is another reason we brought Amy here today, so that it wasn't just me representing a community that I'm not actually a member of, but I am definitely an advocate and supporter of. You're also in the deaf community in the role that you have. You're in the deaf community, so you also have that. You have that blessing to teach. Oh, I love that. I know one sign, and hopefully it hasn't changed since computer did, but is this still thank you? Yes. Perfect. Amy Kimmel and Rainy Knight. And can we introduce our interpreter at this point? My name is Cody Robinson, sign language interpreter. Thank you all for joining us today. Wow, what an awesome interview. And I really enjoyed hearing about how words evolve and change in the ASL community, even the way they talk about social media. And speaking of social media, be sure to check out the Bethel School District's YouTube channel where you can see an extended version of that interview. Yes, definitely check that out. And speaking of evolving words, every year Merriam-Webster adds a certain number of new words to the dictionary. And this year there were some humdingers. I think they added humdinger a real long time ago. It is fun to see a lot of the new words that you hear from the kids when we're out in the schools actually make it to the dictionary. I know a couple years ago I had some of my kiddos' friends over for a dinner and they said my food was bussin'. And now I actually know what that means thanks to the addition of bussin' As an adjective, it means extremely good, excellent, especially tasty and delicious. Doug, I've had your food. It's mid at best. And mid is also a new adjective. It means neither very good nor very bad. It's so-so or meh. Which means meh must have been added to the dictionary at some point. Speaking of words I thought were added to the dictionary before, new this year, I don't know if you're going to believe this, jorts finally made its debut in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Jorts, plural noun, shorts made of denim or jean, colon, jean shorts. And Doug, I'm going to rage quit if you make me picture you wearing jorts. I love it. Rage quit, verb, to suddenly stop participating or engaging in something in a fit of anger and frustration, 
colon, to quit something in anger. All right, Doug, we could doom scroll this list all day, but I think we should quiet quit and get out of here. Doom scroll verb to spend excessive time online scrolling through news or other content that makes one feel sad, anxious, angry, etc. And quiet quit verb to do the minimum amount of work required for a job. Around here, we call that Thursday. What a fun show it's been today. It really has. And head over to youtube.com slash Bethel Schools to check out the extended interview from this week's podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.